Mecca is a place where all things are possible. True activism. True activism. Fighting classism. Fighting classism. Racism. Racism. And sexism. Sexism. Stories grown from the root. Stories coming with truth. Marching together. Together. Fighting together. Together. Building together. Together. We are doing this for us. For us. On the ground level. Okay. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the On the Ground Level podcast. It's me, Tahira. And me, Perky. Thank you guys for tuning in to the On the Ground Level podcast. Please find this streamed on all streaming platforms. And hashtag On the Ground Level if you repost any of our uh, episodes. Our last episode was Surviving Trauma. And this one is going to be more focused on storytelling, but they're all linked to mental health. If you yes, would like, yes. oh yeah, sorry. And if you would like to follow us, you can find us on all platforms at Forest Nation. Yeah, so today we have some friends of mine, some guests today. I'm actually going to be performing in what's called, what, we're, what it's TMI's projects, Stories for Choice, right, right guys? You guys can tune in whenever you guys are ready. Um, so yeah, so we're using this interview as sort of a promotional. We definitely want to direct more people to the stories that we're going to tell, which is about reproductive justice. So. Roe versus Wade, it's gonna turn 49 years old on June, January 22nd. That's the day that we're performing. So we're trying to make a big splash, you know, call all your friends in the media, let them know what we got up to. This is why we're having this conversation today. We have Rain, Haley, and Dara. They are my workshop leaders in TMI project. We've been working since November. I did this project, like we have to be on Zoom every two weeks. I was in LA, I came back to New York, I'm going back to LA. They were able to just support me throughout this storytelling, take a story that was like, I don't know what, and made into something I'm able to perform now. So I definitely wanted to let, you know, these are like rock stars to me. I just want people to know there's people I look up to, and these are three of them. (laughs) So without further ado, let's jump into the interview. So this is for Haley. Your nonprofit expresses the stories of many different groups and populations. Which of the groups do you feel is the most misunderstood? Um, well, first I want to say I'm, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having us. Um, um, I love this question. Um, just to tell you a little bit about TMI Project, we are a true storytelling organization and we help people tell the TMI or too much information parts of their stories. So the TMI part, as you know, is the part that we leave out because Um, We feel ashamed, we feel stigma, embarrassment, or afraid. Um, But TMI Project, we're all about leaning into that um, because we believe that those parts are the gold and that when we share something about ourselves we've been afraid to, um, we can transform. It's a moment of transformation, but personally um, for ourselves, for the receiver of the story who might be having the same experience. And that's why we do what we do. And so when you ask about groups, um, we center our programming around four social justice initiatives, racial justice, gender equality, LGBTQIA plus rights and mental health awareness. Um, because we know that these are the groups who have been under or misrepresented in the zeitgeist. Um, and so that's what we're about. We're, we're about um, collecting 
um, providing a platform for folks to share their stories and then amplifying that. Indeed. Okay. So I can speak to that, but yeah, you guys got to just tune in on January 22nd and see exactly what yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, okay. So why is storytelling so important? Well, there's actually some science to why storytelling is important. Um, so when you hear a story, uh, brain waves actually start to synchronize. Like the, in 2010, there was a study at Princeton University. Um, they recorded the brain activity for two people. One person told a story, the other one listened. And that what they found is that the greater the listener's comprehension, the more closely brain wave patterns mirrored those of the storyteller. So what we're talking about is that storytelling is literally a connection point between people. When we share our stories, um, we're designed to, to hear them. We're designed to tell them and we're designed to use them as a place to relate and come together and actually survive. Um, stories are everything. Um, you, you, everything you do is a story. When you come home from work at night, you, you know, you're, um, your partner, family member says, how was your day? You tell a story at night, you dream in stories. We, we consume stories. Everything we're doing is storytelling. So um, it's really kind of um, the most organic survival. But when you hear a story that's not facts or figures, a true personal story, um, you start to understand where people are coming from. And, and that's where we start to build community so it's really courageous to tell your story, but it's also an act of service. But um, we know that throughout history, um, we all know that the stories we've mostly heard are by, about, and for people in power, people with wealth and status. Now we're starting to see that change and that's what we're doing with TMI and that's what you guys are doing with your podcasts. But historically we haven't been getting that full story. So that's really, that's again, um, what we're doing. We're really, we're working to change that just like you. Yes, that was, I was trying to meet myself. Yes, that was like an awesome way to say it. I always like to say, cause I'm all about the story. Like, you know, even if I'm like doing a podcast, if I was just on my Instagram, just if I was just a random you met, I'd be talking about like, oh my God, what's your story? Like I'm a journalist, I'm always asking questions, right? Right. I, I feel like storytelling and maybe like people are talking about the fabrics of humanity. Like that's what creates the fabric, right? Those words, though, like if we were to actually put everyone's story in something, we could probably heat the whole globe, like whatever. That's the way right. I think about it. Is that, is right. that only, it's like, it really is the only way for you to find out something. And it's in so many different mediums. I don't even think people recognize everything is a story. You know, music is a story to a degree. Even if there's no lyrics, they're trying to still convey a story. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's like, you gotta take it there. So for sure. Right. Um, so we're moving on. This one is for Rain. <laughs> How can people reach out to you to tell their stories? Uh, so we do have a variety of different workshops that are ever-changing. So the best place to find out where you can um, come and either apply or just show up and have your story told is honestly to follow us either by going to our website, which is tmiproject.org. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Um, we're very active everywhere. Um, and we make it very clear when there's upcoming programming. Um, we do a variety of different 
shows and workshops. Um, we do the 10 week workshops, which is what Stories for Choice is, which culminates in these curated monologues that have been created over the course of the 10 weeks. Um, but we also do drop-in workshops where you can kind of get your feet wet and experience um, what it's like to be in a TMI setting. In fact, uh, if you want a little taste of TMI, we have a series of virtual drop-in workshops coming up very soon, actually. It's called the TMI Free Write, and it's going to be every Monday in February and March from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., except for President's Day. So those, they're totally free. Um, they're going to be hosted by a rotating cast of all of the different workshop leaders. So you'll get different voices um, bringing you through the process. You can show up to one of them. You can show up to all of them. Um, we will be happy to have you. Um, so that is a great place if you want to try it out, to drop in, write with us, um, read your stories, get the TMI experience. Um, also, you can hire us. So if you think your business or your school or your organization, your nonprofit, any of that would benefit from a customized workshop with us, you can contact us specifically for that too through our workshop page um, on our website. We've worked with so many different organizations from schools to national organizations to very, very local organizations. So nothing is off the table and we'd be happy to work with you. Yeah, and we definitely are going to have to plan some stuff out with you. And I wanted to add, because I did see the note, that they are on the East Coast. So for anybody listening, any times that they drop that is going to be Eastern Standard Time. So yes, us West Coast people, um, just make sure you set your clocks and be ready. What time did you say again? Can you say it again? It's four to six on the West Coast. I was doing it too. Okay. <laughs> so seven okay, to nine. <laughs> okay, so yeah. Um, so our next question is, oh, and I wanted to add too before I add the, um, ask the next question too, that um, at least from my end as a clinician, when people express themselves and, and tell their stories, like a lot of people, they never were expressive. They never felt the need to be vulnerable, but vulnerability is sexy. And I say that not to be like in a, like a, you know, attractive type of way, but just sexy as in is, it, it does like make you feel better about yourself, but it also, sometimes even when you tell stories that are embarrassing, it's a relief. It, you're able to unload that off of yourself. And so you don't always have to tell a story to somebody that is a friend or a significant other. You know, you can come to us clinicians, somebody that's unbiased and, and get that off your chest, but it is good to just let it out. So, um, but yes, um, our next question is, do you think everyone has a voice? That sounds funny coming from what I just said, but um, do you think everybody has a voice? And uh, do you think that sometimes social media can be a sign of too many opinions? Or and like, can that be seen as like a bad thing sometimes? Uh, so first off, I think absolutely everybody has a voice, 100%. Um, or I mean, we wouldn't have a platform and a lot of people wouldn't have platforms. And it's it's interesting that you bring up social media specifically actually, because I think social media is a great example of how everyone has a voice. It's never a bad thing to be able to speak your truth into existence, you know, based on the work that we do. I, I know this, um, you know, hearing people's authentic voices 
can be so cathartic and eye-opening and it has just so many emotions both for the person telling the story but also anybody taking the story in but that's because in places like TMI project or you know any place where we are able to come in community and and you know share our voices in community um, you know our voices need to be handled with thoughtfulness and compassion and empathy and that's because everybody has their own path that they walk in their life and their own language that they're speaking that path with. And it's so easy if you just throw all of that out there to see one's person voice as in opposition to your own, instead of looking at it and seeing where it's coming from. You know, an example of that, just using social media, if I go on social media and I say, I hate apples and you personally love apples, there's no context to what I'm saying. And it's so easy and understandable, honestly, to take that as a personal attack. You know, you could work in an apple orchard and apples could be your whole life. And you're like, why are you coming for me like that? But in reality, I might've just taken a bite of a really nasty apple and it might've had a bug in it. And I'm like embarrassed to say that there was a bug in it. So because of peer pressure, I'm not saying that part out loud. It just, I just needed to get it off my chest. It's just so easy to have that animosity towards one another when we're in a totally uncontrolled environment that doesn't encourage us and give us the space to find context in each other's stories and dig deeper because it's just not designed that way. But we're all so hungry to have our voices heard that we're still there, even though we know it's not perfect, even though, you know, we come up with words like doom scrolling and things like that, we all still need to go someplace where we can have our voices heard. Um, I mean, I, I personally think that social media doesn't always do our voices justice. I don't think it barely ever does. Um, it creates a space that is purposefully hard to engage with each other's voices, you know, down to the fact that there's just not enough words to communicate it and it just goes so fast and it's just a sensory overload because there's so many voices happening all at once so instead of you know taking the time to process what somebody else is telling you and go through that catharsis of holding somebody else's vulnerability and holding somebody else's voice and really listening to it and then allowing yourself to put your voice out there it's all just knee-jerk reaction because we just can't and i mean that's why programs like the tmi project i think are so important because it creates that communal space to open it up. Um, and, you know, we're not the only company who's doing something like that. And I mean, it's not just a company thing, it's it's a community thing. You know, I think what TMI does is it makes community more two hour, 10 weeks, we create a, a, a box in which you can have this experience. So, you know, everybody has a voice. It's all about how we are allowing ourselves to listen to each other's voices. Okay. Sorry the for the things you said like Zoom scrolling ever. <laughs> I mean, we never had a response like that. So a question ever. That was the highlight of the podcast, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, P. <laughs> uh, I was just gonna say, like you said, like Doom scrolling, and my face was like, "What's that?" <laughs> so, sorry if you guys saw me make a weird face. <laughs> I like, what? No, what I, I Doom scrolling. A uh, Doom scrolling is that thing that you do when you read bad news on your phone and you can't stop scrolling and continuing mm. to read, even though you know you should stop and it's not good for you that happens to me a lot on youtube like mm -hmm. you fall down this like i'm like i don't even know how i ended up here and it's like yeah right. okay cool 
Uh, and I just wanted to say thank you for the way you answered too, because one of my like, while you were answering, one of my follow up questions would have been how do you create a safe space then with such a space that is uh, unsupervised or un, I mean, they monitor some things, but it's like the, the things that they do monitor is like, so you block that, but not this. Um, so, uh, but the, you kind of answered it because you said by uh, the, the workshops and the projects that you guys do, you're able to create more of a safe space uh in so many words that's what it sounded like you were saying am I right yeah and I think I mean I don't think you have to take a TMI pro I mean take a TMI project workshop but you don't have to to enter the world with that sense um I think it's just the idea of bringing the, a sense of community with you everywhere you go um I mean you don't have to like someone to understand someone you don't have to get someone to be there for someone and to really listen to them. So it's just a sense of, of taking with you community building everywhere you go. Which is a huge pillar here at For Us. You know, we're all about community and we use the word inclusive, we use the word safe space. One time they put us in a podcast, I mean, a podcast, we were like, a, what were we like workshop leaders for like just that brand that we're creating safe space on social media, on Instagram, like reporting things to Instagram. I'm like, no, this is not right. Why didn't you, I'm big at that. So it's like you say, take community wherever you go. If I'm spending time on Instagram and I see things that Instagram can't handle, well, we're writing reports about it. That's why we have podcasts. That's why we get to use our voice in these kinds of really important ways. So thank you so much for that answer, but we got to move on. Uh, this one is for Dara, who's been so quiet today. <laughs> She's normally not. How old were you when you, when you wrote your first story and what triggered you to create those characters? Yeah, thank you, Tahir. Um, I've just, that was, I loved your uh, answer, Rain. I'm still kind of like processing and um, also wanting to say something about uh, what we do at TMI Project is also about creating community agreements that allow for people to be heard. And, and you know, that example of the apple is perfect. Um, because, yeah, our stories all have context and, and we need to have context. So, um, yeah, so I was thinking about that. My first story, I really, the first time I ever sat down with storytelling intention, I was 13. And I didn't write a story, but I opened a book that was a blank book and I wrote, everybody in my class hates me and they think I'm stupid. And what I was doing was, I was, it was a really horrible phase of my life. I had lost my father. My mother almost died. I had been in an orphanage. I mean, just a, a run of just, you know, events. And I was 13, so just on the cusp of adolescence, and I had no idea who I was. And I was so alienated from my peer group, from um, just everything was just, bizarre and so I opened this blank book and I just sort of spoke my truth onto the page as simple as it was it was just I needed it was like gonna explode in me so um I think that it took a lot of years to understand the connection between journaling and storytelling because I thought for I mean I became a journaler like through high school and college and you know into my 20s and 30s and it wasn't until I had a writing mentor who pointed out well you know your journal is like your laboratory that's where you're stirring up the pot and you know 
So that was a huge discovery. Um, so I don't even know when I wrote my first story. It was just like this kind of arc, this, this, um, this inner need that just stayed with me from, from that point forward. Oh, wow. I, I feel like I might have missed some part of that question. So no, no, you answered it. And I think it, it's it's lovely how you said uh, that was your lab or how they told you that was your lab. That's a great way of putting that. Um, mm -hmm. I might have to use that <laughs> when I talk to my clients because I tell them to journal all the time. And then they're like, Ugh. some of them, some of them like, I don't like to write. But it's it's good when you could put it in a different context. Um, well, and also I just want to say because I was thinking about what you were saying about your work with mental health and being able to speak onto the page is like a huge steam valve um, and I remember um, summer of 2020 we had um, we were holding um, drop-in workshops for Black Stories Matter and and we had folks just showing up no obligation and I just remember one of our writers, I mean, one of our regulars, who's just this amazing writer, Beetle, um, you know, she expressed it that they expressed it that way, that like this was a steam valve because of everything that was going on at this time. And I, I you know, there's just this real correlation being able to speak your vulnerability, like learning how to speak your vulnerability. And I feel like um, journaling is a great way to start. You don't have to write a whole story. You can just tell little stories. Can I add something to that? Just building on the steam valve. I, I've noticed that in workshops, especially, um, Ashley, um, at our, we, we teach workshops. We taught workshops at the Mental Health Association um, for people with diagnosed mental health illness. And you, it was, you could actually see it. People would come in dragged down and leave lighter, standing up straighter, actually relieved of a, of a, a physical burden by being able to tell their story finally that they never felt empowered to or never been asked to tell their story. So you could actually visually see people li like lighter, release that burden. It's, it's really incredible. Yeah, or I mean, safe enough to tell that story. Mm -hmm. It's also that too. Like, you know, like I can speak to that part as much of being in the workshop is like, I've been wanting to tell my reproductive justice story for years mm -hmm. now. The storytelling is like, I don't know even how do you frame it? How do you, what am I saying it for, you know? And it's like, you guys just made it so just streamlined. Like it's just, you know, so creating the space is a huge part of it because it's like, if we didn't have the room or the door, like how would we even go through the door? Like, you know, like mm -hmm. it's very mm -hmm. and powerful. Can yeah. I circle back to something? I don't know if we're allowed to circle back. Yeah, no, it's fine. We don't have to stay just on the, the questions. This is more for a conversation anyways, right? <laughs> so. Well, yeah, because my, my brain was just firing around a lot of this uh, conversation around social media and voices and, you know, thinking about how, you know, we talk about at TMI, we talk about radical storytelling and radical truth telling. And what we mean, by, it can mean a few things, but I think one of the important things that it means is that we don't just pop off with the first thing, <laughs> you know? I mean, sure, in our free rights, that's what it's for, to kind of pop off. But the finished product of a TMI story is not just the, you know, popping off first thing out your mouth kind of um, storytelling. It is thoughtfully crafted, not, 
you know, also for the art of it, but also to make sure that this is, when we say truth, we're talking about a radical subjectivity, right? It's, it's a truth that's been inspected, you know, that's been looked over for honesty, for deep honesty and deep truth. And I feel like that's, that's a gateway that, that we have through our storytelling that, you know, there's nothing like that in a social media setting, you know, people just have their truth and they can pop off and, you know, I'm, I, that's probably why I stay somewhat outside of social media because my brain starts to like uh, boil. Um, but when it comes to radical truth, you know, this willingness to kind of put your personal truth under a lens, like under a microscope and ask, is this really, really what I should be saying? And then once you go through that process, bring it out there, no matter how controversial or outrageous or whatever it might seem, it's bulletproof, right? It's strong because it's been given this real serious um, look and, and, you know, honest treatment. Yeah, mm -hmm. I just feel like that is what's missing a lot of times in, in the social discourse. Yeah, 100%. And so, so we're running said, towards the oh, end of yeah, the time. So I don't want to cut, oh. cut to the first, the last question. Go ahead, B. Yeah, I was going to say you could ask the last. I just wanted to say when you say steam valve too, I think of like how energy is not, you know, it's not destroyed. It's just transferred. But like how mm. it transfers to that steam, you're like, you're choosing the type of energy you want to put out there. And like, you know, like you said, like you can't just pop off in every situation. So like if you choose to put it out in a way that is meaningful, then, you know, that energy can also come back to you. But um, yeah, sorry, go ahead. All right, so we're gonna quickly try to answer the last questions. We definitely wanna leave space to promote the links. Uh, we're gonna add it to the, the content of the podcast, but we're gonna shout it out here. But Dar, we're gonna stick to you. We already explained what we're doing on January 22nd. We're gonna put links to the tickets and everything. What would you like the audience to take away from this performance? What action would you like to see in real time? Okay, yeah. Well, I was thinking about the fact that um, we're, we're at a time where these freedoms, which we've all been able to take for granted, are being rolled back before our very eyes, which just, you know, blows all the fuses for me. Um, because, you know, talking about the John Lewis Voting Rights Act that needs to get passed so that we can put those rights back in place. And here we go with reproductive freedom rights. Mm -hmm. And so I think what I want, what I would like people to take away is that we can't just rest on our laurels and we can't rest on the achievements of what the um, folks before us have done. Um, if we want these freedoms in our lives, we got to make it our business to do something. We can't do everything, but we have to do something. And that can mean something different for each one of us. But um, we, you know, democracy is not a, it's, it's not a spectator sport. I forget who said that, but it's really true. Um, I feel like Barack said that. I don't know. <laughs> but he talks a lot about that, that we have to actively right. for democracy. I know he does. Um, all right. Well, that's a great way to lead us into the promos. So I don't know which one of you want to shout out all the TMI stuff. We'll definitely do the for us. And we're going to link it again in all our social medias coming up this week, trying to just make a mad dash. You know, everybody know Roe versus Wade is turning 49 years old. 
So for TMI, what's the Instagram handle that you guys have? Our Instagram is at TMI project. And you guys are on Facebook too, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Cool. Um, and, I, and I think you guys have a podcast as well, right? We do. We have two. Oh, uh, we have two seasons of a podcast. Um, the first was tragedy uh, plus time equals comedy, and the second was Black Stories Matter. And Dara was the co-host of that. And as a matter of fact, um, our third season should be coming out this spring, and it is Stories for Choice. It's um, it's going to be uh, focused on stories of reproductive justice. Very good. Very good. And you, you can guys find that on Apple Podcasts. Oh, fancy, fancy. <laughs> so same, you can find the On The Ground Level podcast. And this episode, we have our YouTube channel. So you guys can just go to www.forusnation.com. That's our main site. You can follow me and Ashley. My Instagram is at I Let The Good Times Roll. Mine is Shout out yours. Perspectives. And we're at For Us Nation on Instagram and Twitter. So thank you guys again for tuning in to this podcast. And just thank one more thing. so much. Yeah, thank you. And before we stop, I just wanted to make statement that we are recording on Martin Luther King's birthday, even though this is not the holiday day. So shout out to him. <laughs> yes. Thank you. And you know, in the in the Lou, thank you, thank you. The, the, the what we were talking about, the theme, storytelling. You know, he definitely told a lot of stories that helped to push mm -hmm. off a lot of change. So you know, yep. if you think that storytelling is is small, it's not. There's also another series um, out right now, a TV series that's talking about the women. What's it? I can't remember the title. Women, uh, women in the movement. Yeah, women in the movement. And the first story they right talk about is uh, Emmett Till's mom and how yeah. the, the way she told his story really helped to push the civil rights movement as well. So, thank you guys for real, for real, for doing the work that you do because storytelling yes. is very important. And in order to make change in this country, you know, we don't always have to up arms even though sometimes you have to right but uh you know sometimes just telling your story can can make a lot of change so thank you personally for for everything that you guys have contributed thank you for having us so and we're so excited to have uh to hear a story on uh january 22nd it's going to be incredible i we the workshop leaders rain dara myself and perla who's not here geek out all the time over the stories in this workshop. They're incredible. Uh, the, the, you think going in that you know what stories about reproductive justice are gonna be, but in fact, you don't. We, we, we don't know the spectrum of stories about women's bodies and women's health because we're not encouraged to tell them. But this is this opportunity to really hear um, experiences we've never considered were challenged and startled in ways that um that that have surprised us and it's actually the show there's so much um comedy in the show there's so many laugh out loud moments we're crying um we're outraged it's 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 um it's truly cathartic so and calling it a roller coaster you. of emotions it is like, a roller honestly and like some we've heard the stories and it's still like when we hear them it's like oh my god i knew what was about to happen and it still hit me it's like it's yes. crazy i want to so, come yes. please tune in <laughs> yeah the okay. recording we're going to edit the end okay that part. thank you guys and nice having you all right peace thank you, so thank much. you. Guys Thank you. in the rehearsal. <laughs>